imagine this. A six-year-old female is diagnosed with stage 3 myeloma and in an immediate need for a bone marrow transplant. They have stated that this type of treatment will give her a 50 to 80% chance of survival for the next five years at least. She's considered a minor, which is under the age of 18, and cannot physically consent for herself and needs her parents' consent to go forth with her treatment. Instead of going, instead of consenting to that treatment, they proactively withheld consent because they felt as if the cost-to-benefit ratio for their child's treatment in regard to financial and medical burdens placed on the child and her family were too high. They also felt that the treatment would not provide long-term survival, so they in turn would try and make the rest of her life on Earth a comfortable and meaningful one. Now, imagine this again with your role this time as being the physician who is trying to establish the best way to treat this child and improve her quality of life. Some people think that the parent's stance on the situation was conducted through an act of goodness, which is considered in bioethics the, pr the beneficence principle. Others can see this as an act of maleficence, or bringing harm to their child. This is because they are proactively withholding a treatment that can end up resulting in her death or they're actively blockading a treatment that can at least cause a chance for survival for the next five years. By giving, them, by giving their daughter that treatment, they would be able to extend her life and let her live more years on this earth than she wouldn't if she didn't have that treatment. Healthcare providers have a constant balancing act of not overstepping autonomy of the patient or those who have to be there to make decisions on the patient's behalf, which is known as paternalism, in trying to provide the best care for their patients. In the case of a child's medical situation who is not always able to make decisions for themselves, the children in this case, how can healthcare providers be able to do their job in the most ethical way possible? When desperate times call for desperate measures, at times it is morally permissible for the physician to override a parent's decision about their child's treatment. By being able to truly have full autonomy, it depends upon how much competence an individual has for having the specific skills and behaviors needed to make the right and best decisions for themselves. Those who lack competence can endanger themselves by putting themselves in harm's way as a result of not making a rational, coherent, best-suited decision for themselves. Children are usually seen as not as competent, especially those who are very much younger. This is where weak paternalism can come to play, which is the case in which a person's autonomy is greatly diminished and in turn a surrogate or guardian takes position over them and decides how they are going to be treated. This can be to the effect of rejecting or accepting a type of treatment. Paternalism is used in acts of beneficence to protect the well-being of the individual and others they can potentially harm. Being that a child, especially a younger one, is not, who is not as competent, 
if they were given the choice on how they should be treated, they could harm themselves in the process. This is because they might agree to a treatment that can cause them extreme discomfort without fully understanding what the treatment was. Especially if it is extremely discomforting, their treatment can have long-lasting effects such as a psychological such as psychological effects that can be possibly caused by experiences during the treatment, which can include stress disorders. Some stress disorders could include PTSD, which sometimes takes months, even years, to truly be able to be healed from or be able to cope with. By having a parent be able to take responsibility over the child's autonomy, they are protecting their child from harm in a sense. Unfortunately, at times, a parent's weak paternalism can actually cause harm to their child. In this episode, we will see how this can be done in various ways. Parents can cause harm to their children through their decisions of consent. One of these harmful actions could be through the decisions made based upon their religion that they practice. In some religions, it would be a heretic action for an individual to use certain treatments in the medical setting. One example would be of this would be in the article, Blood Transfusion in Children, The Refusal of Jehovah's Witness Program by Conti et al. The idea of the harmful aspects of a parent's refusal of treatment for their child is greatly presented here. As stated within the article, similar to those in the USA, Italian parents have parental responsibility to be able to withhold or give consent to medical procedures practiced on their children. In Italy, in order for a treatment to be fully rejected or accepted, both parents of the child have to be present and agree with giving or withholding consent. Now, if either parent is not fully able to take part in stating the means in which they consent, the other parent must take action. One case in which both parents agreed on the rejection of treatment of their child would be the Court of Contensario case. The family practiced the Jehovah's Witness religion, which did not permit a blood transfusion, even in the case which their young daughter's life depended upon it. In the hospital's eyes, this was seen as an act of child abuse. Because if the child did not receive this treatment, she would have succumbed to her fatal condition. By preventing their daughter from receiving treatment, they were acting in a maleficent manner. This is because, by putting their daughter in a situation where she could die from her condition, they are essentially putting their daughter in harm's way. The author projected the notion that it is morally required, not merely morally permitted, to override this parental refusal of treatment, because the refusal does not constitute a form of child abuse, or because the refusal does constitute a form of child abuse, child endangerment, child neglect, or inattention to the rights of the child. Although one can note that the parents of a child know what is best for their child, after all, they are the ones that raise them. There should be some reflection placed on the refusal of a treatment. With the parent's decision, that is known to be very important for health in life of a child. By not going through with this treatment, 
it can be seen as an impairment to their child. So why would parents willingly put their child in harm's way with that knowledge of what is presented to them? Is it because there's a consequence far greater and far worse than death based upon their religion, such as going to hell or not being able to live peacefully in heaven or in whatever afterlife they believe in? These are questions to think about because obviously they are doing it for a good reason for their child in some sense. Most of the time, parents wouldn't want to harm their child, right? But in certain cases, such as the case of the court of Cartanzario, health professionals must take the consideration as valid in that nobody can be deprived of life by their own parents and can therefore immediately, for the ordinance of judicial authority to authorize the transfusion, upon request of the public prosecutor who ordered the emergency blood transfusion on a child in a life-threatening condition, in consideration of the urgency of carrying out such a treatment without delay in order to save the child's life. Unfortunately, cases like these happen all over the world, and it does not always end up in the greatest ending for children. Thankfully, the medical staff acted in the way that they did, or else the girl would have died and once again succumbed from her condition at the hands of her parents. Another way in which a parent can harm their child would be by asking for their child to receive futile treatment or the type of treatment in which the patient's family wants to continue or receive that treatment that the doctor does not see as effective, healthy, or helpful for the patient's condition. An example of this would be to cut off a child's leg because the child has a really horrible birthmark on their leg that causes a great amount of bullying for the patient. The parents in one sense see the physician amputating the leg as a beneficent act to prevent the child from receiving more harassment. But the physician sees this treatment as one that is not in best interest for their patient. This is because it is not like the patient has a tumor in their leg or gangrene that is in urgent need for the leg to be amputated. This is because there is a great amount of complications that come with the amputation. And for the best interest of the patient, the physician would not order for the procedure to be done if it can absolutely be avoided and is not needed. The parents in this case are breaching the principle of beneficence because by basically forcing their child to have unessential treatment that can cause more harm than good. With the example of the child being requested to have an amputation, yes, the birthmark will be gone, but now they are missing a leg that would make their quality of life diminished and in turn medical complications can arise from this action. Another example of futile treatment would be if a patient is placed on a ventilator or they are placed on life support, they are no longer living the best life that is possible for them. Their quality of life is completely diminished because their brain is no longer functioning. So in one sense, they're 
living, but it's really at the sake of sometimes the family in the situation. Wouldn't it be beneficent to have them no longer be on life support if they are not living the quality of life that they really deserve? That's where position autonomy can come into play because they know what is best for the patient based upon the treatment and based upon the condition. But when it comes to futile treatments, there is a principle put in place for situations like these. As proclaimed by Louis Vaughn's bioethics, physicians are not required to provide treatments that are inconsistent with reasonable standards in medical practice. They are not morally bound to comply to a request that is medically futile. Not every patient request must be regarded as legitimate, and not every technology must be supplied. This principle, or this principle basically states that a physician is not required to follow through with treatments and procedures that do not follow what is considered as medically effective. This promotes for the well-being of the patient because it lessens the unfavorable consequences that can come from those treatments. By being able to truly have full autonomy, it depends upon how much competence an individual has for having the specific skills and behaviors needed to make the right and best decisions for themselves. Those who lack competence can endanger themselves by putting themselves in harm's way as a result of not making a rational, coherent, best-suited decision for themselves. Children are usually seen as not as competent, especially those who are very much younger. This is where weak paternalism can come to play, which is the case in which a person's autonomy is greatly diminished and in turn a surrogate or guardian takes position over them and decides how they are going to be treated. This can be to the effect of rejecting or accepting a type of treatment. Paternalism is used in acts of beneficence to protect the well-being of the individual and others they can potentially harm. Being that a child, especially a younger one, is not, who is not as competent, if they were given the choice on how they should be treated, they could harm themselves in the process. This is because they might agree to a treatment that can cause them extreme discomfort without fully understanding what the treatment was. Especially if it is extremely discomforting, their treatment can have long-lasting effects such as a psychological, such as psychological effects that can be possibly caused by experiences during the treatment, which can include stress disorders. Some stress disorders could include PTSD, which sometimes takes months, even years, to truly be able to be healed from or be able to cope with. By having a parent be able to take responsibility over the child's autonomy, they are protecting their child from harm in a sense. Unfortunately, at times, a parent's weak paternalism can actually cause harm to their child. In this episode, we will see how this can be done in various ways. Another consideration to think about would be that a physician is more competent and knowledgeable about various medical conditions. This is due to the amount of schooling and medical experiences that they have 
that can even be similar to the cases presented in this podcast. By having more knowledge about the conditions and the specific needs and treatments for their conditions, they are able to make a better judgment on how to treat their patients. That is why physician autonomy should override parental consent because the parents are simply not as knowledgeable about their child's medical diagnosis as the doctors. As we think back to the case of Contenzaro, the parents only knew what was best for their child, which was following their religion, because who knows what type of consequences would have occurred if their child did not follow the protocol by their religion. And if we think back to the situation where the parents wanted to amputate their child's leg with the futile treatment example, they only knew what was best for their child by what they were seeing. People can't usually make the best decisions without the knowledge that they have. That is why, again, children aren't allowed to make decisions on their own regarding their medical practices. And that's why even parents shouldn't even be placing certain decisions without a physician's guidance. Because if they are refusing a treatment that is so important for their child's survival, they are potentially, again, harming their child. If they knew the reasoning behind why the physician, whose main job is to treat and bring value and increase their patient's quality of life without harming them, then I'm sure the parents would definitely agree to the treatment that was presented in front of them for their child. We have to give parents credit, though, because of that competency, because of not having that competency for the medical prognosis. But once again, they only know what's best up to what they can see. The, visit, the physician has a deeper insight to the situation that's going on medically. These are all reasons why a physician's autonomy should take place and the physician be, should be able to override a parental's decision or parental consent so that the patient can have the best treatment as possible and their child's life can be saved. 